Yeah, sorry, the connection was a little off. I couldn't really hear you guys, but I'm hearing you good now. Perfect. Uh, so I guess we'll go ahead and get started with our first question from our class today. And the first question that we have is, what are the most critical changes that we must make in order to face the future effectively? And it can be a general HR, it can be employee experience, which company has, or it can be like talent acquisition. Uh, who wants to go first? Uh, so repeat the question. I'm sorry. No worries. So the first question is, what are the most critical changes that we must make uh, in order to face the future effectively? And you can uh, go ahead specifically to your field of employee experience. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I think for me, it's about humans, right? Um, you know, I come from, and you already kind of shared my background, I come from a very non-traditional lens as it pertains to HR. Um, I started my career as an entrepreneur. This is actually the first time I haven't been an entrepreneur to some degree, um, as, as I've been the director of employee experience for the last two years for this startup. So um, for me, it's always been about uh, trying to, to truly understand people at a, at a human level. Um, I think there's a lot of new tech coming along in the, in the space right now. I think there's a lot of new systems coming along that's kind of helping, um, helping speed the process up so HR people can kind of get into the muck and get into the strategy of the, of the field. But um, I just want people to be more authentic when it comes to, to treating people um, politely, right? Uh, having empathy, understanding who they are as people, understanding their family, understanding their strengths, the weaknesses. Um, I think there's a lot of that missing still to this day in the industry. And uh, I would like to see a little bit more of that. Um, hopefully that was able to kind of answer some of your question, but that's kind of, for me, that's kind of where I'm seeing as it pertains to the experience and as it pertains to kind of how we need to impact and kind of look at the employees moving forward. Thank you. Yeah. Now, <laughs> okay, so from my perspective, I do talent acquisition, right? I've been uh, on the recruiting side of HR for about 10 years. Um, so I think as HR professionals, we always have to be open to change. Uh, when I first started, I remember we would post some of our vacancies in the newspaper. Okay, so, so with all of this technology that we have now, you just have to be able to understand the demographics of your audience, right? The people that are applying uh, for your jobs, that are looking for your jobs. Uh, for us, for me, uh, trying to attract new talent means that I'm going to be recruiting a lot of millennials, a lot of you all, right? So. Uh, some of my research is going to be what are millennials looking for? Are they looking, are they searching for careers or are they searching for jobs? Now I need to, um, to see what the trending hashtags are when before, you know, hashtags weren't even, you know, uh, it didn't even exist. Yeah. So I think, you know, just overall, we just need to be able to change and adapt to all of the demographics and, if something's not working anymore, you move on to the next, you know, best thing in in talent acquisition. If I if I can maybe add something, because you're making a lot of good points. Um, I look a little older than I am, so I'm actually only 29. So um, so I'm right there along with what she's saying, right? I'm kind of 
I guess, yeah, I'm a a millennial, right? So I'm kind of in that wave of, of, I understand the the impact of a Snapchat or now, you know, um, is it music? Musical.ly is kind of taking off right now. Um, Or, you know, now obviously we have the Twitter and the Instagrams of the world. So I actually wrote a, a blog post about this. I think like she was saying, we need to just have empathy as it pertains to you know, who are we actually trying to target um, as it pertains to recruiting, or as it pertains to bringing people into our organization and try to speak their language, whether that's through emails, whether that's through the branded content that the that the brand actually puts out to the world. You have to look uh, you have to look cool if you want me to be honest, like people don't want to work for a lame brand. If you just want me to be honest with you, people want to work for a brand that's pushing the boundaries, that's innovating, that's doing some cool things. So. Um, I don't know. I just wanted to add some two cents onto that because she's uh, she's barking up the right tree. You guys are shy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'll tell you guys a very, very, very short story. Um, so my first brand, so I played football at West Virginia. Um, I never really thought about uh, a career professionally at all. I thought about, and when I say professionally, I mean like you know, like a suit and tie and like, like being an adult, right? I thought about football and uh, a lot of other stuff. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. I never thought about anything else besides that. Um, but eventually I grew up, obviously, and I started a brand in that space. And uh, I had a poor relationship with one of the best agility coaches who is now the agility coach for a lot of the NFL teams. And when he left my brand that I started in the in the athletic space, every single employee, I mean, every single employee and every single client left. Um, and it was really my fault. Right. And, and that was something that uh, I learned. I learned from very quickly. And so how I got into the space and how I got into the industry is I learned that overnight, I was able to create a nice brand that moved me out of Baltimore, Maryland, where I was from, to a nice area. And overnight, I was back to square one. And it was because I didn't care about the interest, the personal perspectives of that potential partner that wanted to be my partner. He wanted to make a little bit more money. He wanted to have a little bit more autonomy. He wanted to kind of create new products and services within the brand. And I was arrogant. And uh, that's the, 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 the worst way that you can ever be a leader. And so for me, when I started to get into this industry, I recalled that situation. Um, and then from then on, whether it was in my second brand or when I was doing director of marketing for a chain of restaurants, I always made sure to care about what people wanted to hear. Um, and then about about two years ago, I just I heard of this thing called HR and employee experience. I didn't even know what it was, um, but I realized the parallels of my career and what I was doing. Um, and then again, like I said, I recalled the biggest mistake that I've ever made in my life, which was not caring about what he wanted as a human. And um, and so that's kind of how I found my way to you guys. Short story, I guess. <laughs> I didn't grow up, you know, thinking that or uh, wishing that I was going to the HR profession. <laughs> I kind of fell into it. I, um, I have teenage girls, twin girls. So when they were born, um, I was in the warehousing and logistics industry, right? So uh, when they were born, 
I was thinking more about the holidays and the the time off, you know, the vacation and all of that. So the closest thing that I could think of at that time um, was the school district. So I started applying at my local school district, and that's where an HR uh, position was available. And at that time, it wasn't even considered an HR. It was an HR specialist. Uh, but at first, it was an administrative assistant for HR. But we did a lot of HR. I did a lot of HR uh, tasks. So I would screen applications. I would contact the applicants and tell them, you know what? Your application's incomplete, or you need to change something in your resume. You know, give them, help them out, give them tips. Um, and then I was the one that would call them and say, you got the job. Oh, that was the best thing ever <laughs> because they were super excited, right? I was making someone's day. I was making a change. That's when I felt that I was part of a bigger picture, right? It was whether it was a new teacher or um, a new secretary for school. It was someone that was going to, that could have an impact on a student's life, on a student's day. Uh, so from there, I just enjoyed it. Thankfully, I had an awesome leader, an awesome boss that she encouraged me, and we still keep in touch. Um, that's how I was introduced to the certification, to HRCI, she certified, and she just pushed me to do more. So at the stage, she made it. She made it enjoyable, and I liked what I did. So now I'm 10 years in, <laughs> practically, you know, it, in, in a similar role, but more now it's more strategic. Now I'm looking for strategies and talent acquisition, doing more research, and I'm not doing um, processing anymore, but it's still in that same area. So I just, you know, I love it. I love what I do. <laughs> so, so I guess in regards to strategy, um, for both of you guys, what are the goals that you see for SMCI that you see for like 2019 or other trends in terms of like talent acquisition or more recently, I guess, employee engagement, what are some of the next strategies? I'll, I'll let her go first. I've been, I've been talking a lot. I'll let her go first. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, HR covers a very broad area, right? Because you can go from talent acquisition to uh, employee development, organizational development. There's so many areas. So I'll let him cover his area. I'll cover mine. Uh, but the most interesting thing, and I think we're going to overlap in some of the things um, I might, you know, say. Um, there's a lot of... The talent acquisition is real big right now. Unemployment rates are at its lowest in decades, okay? So competition is rough out there. So for us recruiters, um, talent acquisition partners, it's, it's become quite a task. So we're having to think outside the, the box. So just an example. Texas State University did not have a recruiting team. 
we didn't need a recruiting team. People would just apply and pay for our job. That was awesome. So they went for, they went like that for years. It was the recruiting, the employee employment manager and one person that would process. We process staff only, we don't process uh, faculty. Uh, that's under the office of the provost. But anyways, so just this past year, the HR employment team went from the manager and one person to five people, just because of everything we're having to do. Um, so my role is, um, of course, working on strategies, looking at how we can attract more people. Um, and one of those is the employer branding, okay? So higher education is very conservative in how we do things, okay? And how we recruit and how we um, handle things. So with that being said, and we're a state institution. So state institutions, um, we can't really brag about salaries because that's not what keeps us here, right? So now we need to, we're working on rebranding, um, having a, an employer brand, um, I'm hoping to get a social media campaign going. I'm already speaking with university marketing and with our HR marketing um, to see if we can get that going. There's a lot of things that we still need to consider. Um, but social media is the thing for recruiting. Uh, it's not something higher ed is actually doing. And I think that's why people are scared that I'm even thinking about it. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's big right now. So what we need to sell, what we need to sell on is our benefits, our culture. When I came here at, to Texas State, we had a lot of alumni coming back to work as full-time staff because they like the culture. They like, they love the campus. We have a beautiful campus. So those are, you know, the the strategies that we need to look at. So that's for talent acquisition, of course, the employer branding, um, reaching out to millennials, always being inclusive. So for that, uh, for the people that might not be on social media, like I was telling, um, I was talking earlier, um, we did an employer showcase at Workforce Solutions earlier today. So we're exposing, you know, the, the university. So those are the strategies you just need to look to see, you know, to attract the best, the best talent. Okay. <laughs> You're next. No, keep going. You're done. No, that was good. That was good. Um, I was taking a couple notes there because I, I don't know how much you guys know about me, but I'm learning as well, right? Because. I kind of come from both ends of the spectrum, entrepreneurial side as well as um, kind of more in the um, in the corporate side now as well, trying to, to try to be a leader. Um, a couple of things that I wanted to kind of point out that's kind of, I don't want to call it a trend that we're moving into in 2020 here, but something to think about for you guys. Um, for me, in the way that I'm looking at it, the ball's kind of like in the employee's court, right? Whether that, what, um, re Hold on. The ball's in the employee's court rather than the employer. So this is what I mean, right? Um, I'm a hustler, guys. I do everything from I've done DoorDash, I've done Postmates, I've done um, I've done eBay, 
I've I've obviously been an entrepreneur before. You know, I've done consulting, speak, I, anything you can think of as far as making money, I've done. And there's millions of Americans that are doing this as well. And so as you guys move into the, the space of but eventually becoming an HR leader, I want you guys to remember that the ball's really in their court and you need to like she was saying, whether it's with your employer branding, whether it's just once you get them in the room and the way that you're com- communicating with them, the the uh, the skills that you're requiring for the job, I would say potentially, depending on what it is, be a little bit more flexible because in certain situations, they really don't need to be at your brand. There are other opportunities here financially to make money, to be very straight up with you guys. I've had situations uh, in the last, not the last two years because I was at the startup, but previous to that, where I had two stints with a company that was not very long simply because I knew I could make money elsewhere and my happiness was just not where it needed to be. Um, and so as you guys become leaders, just remember that, that again, whether it's DoorDash, whether it's an eBay hustle, whether it's they uh, are making money on TikTok, I don't, I don't know. There's, there's all different types of things that you can do nowadays. You need to remember that they have other, other opportunities. Thus, you need to treat them with respect excuse me, you need to kind of understand who they want to be and where, where they want to go and understand they have other opportunities. I think um, I think a lot of brands are still arrogant when it comes to that and they believe that they are the best and they will always be the best and and employees kind of need to, I mean, let's, let's face it, right? My mom told me stories about this back in the day, you know, you know, it was take a job and, and be grateful for that job and shut up, you know, at the end of the day, that's really what it was. And um, I'm not a fan of that. I'm sure you guys are not going to be a fan of that. And just know that employees moving forward are going to be a little bit more strategic when it comes to choosing the jobs that they work. Um, and then even once they're there, let's say you guys do a great job of recruiting them, getting them into your workforce. You have to sustain them. You have to create that experience that's going to be something they're excited about because they will leave and go do a side hustle for six months to maintain bills and maintain lifestyle until they find leaders in a company and products and innovation that they appreciate. Um, That's something that I've been talking about a lot lately and something I've been thinking about moving forward. And then um, I'm probably going to throw you guys a little off on this and uh, please don't kill me for this. I've had a lot of people in the HR space that are more traditional have killed me for this. Um, Something I call like contextual benefits is something I think is going to start getting rolled out a little bit more. So I'll give you guys a very practical, real example. This happened like three weeks ago. Um, we have, so I'm running a personal training company. Uh, so we have 50 personal trainers that do not work in a gym. They work in, they, they go to someone else's home. They all get paid $55,000 a year, guaranteed full benefits. They don't sell anyone. The company does all of the backend marketing work to be able to feed them clients. So we create a nice experience for them. And uh, but on top of that, there are other bonuses and benefits that they can get. And, you know, my CEO was just trying to do the traditional health insurance, dental insurance, you know, 401k, very simple things. Um, And and I kind of had this out of the box idea. I said, well, um, what if uh, what if they're 25 years old and they're in great shape, what your personal trainer would be? And health insurance really isn't on their on their top of their charts right now. What if it's I don't know. They have a, an old car and they need to get it repaired and, you know, they will work extra hard or engage with our clients uh, at a at a at a very high level over the next two or three months in order to have someone supplement the little bit of a, a margin and gap that they maybe not have that cash flow available to get that car fixed. Um, what if 
Again, what if um, what if they're huge Chris Brown fans and they want to get tickets and you provide a bonus or a benefit structure that's based around that? Um, and it's been working. And I've heard a couple other brands doing out of the box thinking like this as well. Uh, I know it's weird and you probably haven't learned or heard anything about this, but um, I think it makes a lot of sense to kind of think outside the box and connect to people's um, emotional center and what they actually care about and try to design benefits and bonuses that are going to actually motivate them, actually get them up in the morning. Because um, again, for my particular industry, health insurance was really not on the top of their chain. A 401k is not something they were particularly thinking about. Now, should they be thinking about that? I would say so. But um, we were you know, playing around with some other ideas of how to uh, reflect their context and their reality. So um, those are a couple things that I was thinking about. I, don't, I know they were kind of out of the box, but um, that's what I've been thinking about. Do you think those out-of-the-box uh, scenarios, do they create more paperwork, more steps, uh, yes. Now, and I think she would be able to explain a little bit more. And let me stop saying, what's your name again? I'm sorry. I keep saying she. What's your name? I'm sorry. The, no, the other panelist. Alicia. Alicia. There we are. I'm so sorry. I keep saying she, and that's rude. Right here. There you are. Um, so I... So again, I'm going to answer from my personal life. Um, I've worked, so the, the brand I'm working for right now, we have 100 people. Um, I've worked in a company as, as big as 200. Now, I think what I'm talking about would be very hard to scale at a company, three, four, 500 people, 1,000 people, right? That's a, lot of, that's a lot of personal context you'd have to deal with. That's a lot of digging into the personal details of someone's life. Obviously, much more paperwork, much more process, much more approvals. Um, but I think honestly, man, if you're working for a brand, 200 people, a hundred people or less, um, I think it makes a lot of sense. And then I also think it makes a lot of sense if you have, uh, if you are working in a bigger company and you actually have like personal relationships with these employees where you can kind of maneuver a few things and get an approval pretty quickly. Um, I think it makes sense, but, uh, to answer your question simply, it is going to be more work, but, uh, just like working out or just like. Um, relationships, the the harder you work, the the better the outcome usually is. So, yeah. From my <laughs> from my perspective, um, and because I've been in, in state institutions, um, you know, for quite some time, uh, or just in the education sector, period. Um, we and with big organizations, I mean, Texas State has between faculty and staff, I think we're like over 3,000 employees, right? Yeah. Um, so it's something that we already have set in place or benefits, right? So it's not something that we can deviate from. It um, wouldn't be fair for somebody else. And as state employees, we can't accept any gifts over $50 for, you know, for anything. Um, so it would, I know here with us, it wouldn't be a thing, you know, to do something else. But we do have great benefits. Should I sell on the benefits? <laughs> you should. No. Look, a lot of you students, if you want to, you know, once you, once you graduate, uh, or even right now, if you're a full-time employee, the university pays for your tuition for you, for you to continue your education. So if you're going to get your bachelor's degree 
and you want to go into a graduate degree, the university will pay for your tuition. What? And we know tuition is expensive. <laughs> so, so that's an awesome benefit. We have a lot of wellness benefits. All of the employees, they have, you have your lunch break, and then you have uh, 30 minutes that you can take to go for a walk during the day. That's the wellness walk or go for an exercise at the, you know, at the rec center. So those are just benefits. We have, I mean, that's just some of the benefits, but there's a lot more. So those are the things that we're going to be, you know, that we're going to be selling. Those are great benefits, I think. Okay. No, so. no, they, and they are, guys. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong here. Um, and, and what she said made a lot of sense, right? What I'm talking about is very, very non-traditional. Um, and like she was saying, in, in, in a lot of situations, it's not possible. But um, I guess what I want you guys to do is like look at the, look at the, look at the emotional aspect and like kind of the uh, the human aspect of the strategy, right? It's it's really all about finding a benefit that's going to reflect the need of your people, right? Um, and, and doing your very best. And in the in the window that you had to try to be able to give them something that they actually care about, that they actually want and listen to them. So, yeah. Uh, I think uh, switching gears a little bit more here. So we talked a little bit about employer branding. So now let's moving on to more on the personal branding. So now as we see a lot more AI and as we're talking about the unemployment being really low, um, what are some things that candidates can do to make themselves stand out? Hmm. You want to go first again, or you want me to go first? <laughs> okay, so, and I was just at an employer showcase today. Um, we had about 30 people, and we were talking about how to apply at Texas State and what to do, right? Not, not necessarily, like, to stand out, but just on tips for the resumes and applications. Uh, so, again, it's going to be from my state agency perspective. Mm -hmm. um, I think right now, if you're, if you're a job seeker, oh my God, you're gonna have whatever you, whenever you see a job, apply for it that interests you. Because there are so many jobs and so little people unemployed that the possibilities of you getting that job are very high, okay? Um, now, for you to stand out, it's all about one, and he mentioned it earlier, being authentic, right, on your resume. Um, your resume is your selling point for all of your jobs and skills. So the, the tip I always give, the recommendation, is look at the position that you want to apply for. Look at the job description, the requirements, preferred qualifications, and what that position in town and you are going to create your resume from there so we have a lot of uh sourcers right recruiters that they go into these applicant tracking systems and they do the whole data mining and they just pick up words from the applications and the resumes sometimes applications and resumes don't even get to someone's desk okay because they do the data mining so if you see keywords for a particular position that you are interested in, whether it's collaboration, uh, teamwork, recruiting, you know, things like that that you see on the job description, include it in your resume. Because that's going to be how 
you might get selected. Yeah. Okay. Um, all of the skills that you have, whether they are uh, specific to that job or they may be transferable from another industry, include it because that is your selling point. Only include relevant information because if you work in retail and it doesn't really apply to a position that you're interested in now, well, that's just going to be uh, more information uh, for the recruiter, for the screener. For that here, we use committee members. Um, but you have to add all of that information. A lot of us are bilingual. Include that you're bilingual. Your certifications, your SHRM affiliations, you know, all of that matters for you to stand up. Okay, he doesn't see me, but I'm done. Oh, no, I'm right here. Yeah, oh, you're done? Got it. I'm, I'm taking notes as well. Like I tell you, I'm, I'm learning as well, guys. Um, um, okay, so I wrote down three things that I think are important. Um, and again, this is going to be out of the box um, because I come from a little bit of a different space. And again, I just think, I think, you know, I'm a little bit younger too, so I'm kind of, I'm personally in the midst of it as well. Like my. <laughs> No, 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 I did not. No, no. Um, was your like 30th birthday recently or? Good one, good um, So no, so there's three things, guys. Um, so for me, flexibility. Uh, I, want to, I didn't know if there was going to be a question around this, so I wanted to bring this up. So as it pertains to this particular space, right, HR, Something that I'm seeing that I think is a slight advantage that I have that a lot of HR people do not have, and I, I'm begging you guys to have, get this, is you must, in my personal opinion, understand every single aspect of the brand, right? Marketing, operations, sales, um, business development, um, strategy, what's happening in social media, and then obviously everything else that you need to do as an HR leader, whether you're in recruiting, whether you're in employee experience, whatever it's going to be. Because number one, it's going to get you a seat at the table. Every single job that I've ever had um, post me being an entrepreneur, I've always kind of, not in an arrogant way, but I've always kind of let them know at a very tangible level um, that maybe I have not been able to start the, the sides of a brand that you're running right now, but I can talk that language at a very competent level. And I need more HR leaders to be able to talk the language about what's happening right now in social, what's happening right now in operations, what's happening right now in, um, in, in just overall branding, what's happening right now in partnerships. I need you guys to be able to understand that. The best way you do that is internships and, network and, and volunteering. Even when you guys, five, six, seven years down the road, even when you guys finally get that job where you're making 60, 70, 80, $90,000 a year, whatever it's gonna be, and you guys start to have a family, you guys get going. Do not be afraid to put your tail in between your legs, walk into a brand, and shadow someone for a few weeks. Shadow someone for a few months. Volunteer. I'm literally doing it right this second. I am shadowing uh, two different people that are literally in the beginning stages of getting their startup off the ground. Just got funding because I want to stay sharp. I'm currently not running a brand, so I want to stay sharp. I want to stay uh, active. I want to understand brand deals. I want to understand partnerships. I want to understand how they're going about their strategy. I want to stay sharp because I know when I go back to my CEO and we have these conversations, I'm going to be able to connect the dots between the employee and the strategy of the brand. And I need you guys to be able to do that. Um, the next thing is networking. 
guys, and I'm sure you guys have to network. Get out there, talk to people. Um, at at the very least, um, great create a lot of content and, and, and network via LinkedIn. That's a, an amazing platform right now for you guys to share your perspectives around your interest as it pertains to this space. Um, eventually, when you guys start to apply for jobs and there's that little section when they ask you to put your LinkedIn profile link there, they're going to be able to see all of your content, all of your perspectives, make videos, write blogs, uh, engage in forums on LinkedIn. Don't be afraid to get out there because you never know, right? Because for me, I, I, I want the world to come to me. I want the best job possible to come to me, right? Uh, I'm not really like in the chasing game. I'd rather put my values and my perspectives out to the world and have uh, a brand leader, a CEO, someone notice that and approach me or have a recruiter approach me. That's uh, You have a little bit more leverage that way. And, and then not only, that's not even about a leverage game. You just are going to most likely land a role that really fits who you are because they're coming to you because of who you are. Um, and so... Yeah, that's uh, that's all I got for you guys. But those are those are again uh, a little bit outside the box and a little bit different that I don't think is being talked about enough. Um, and it's just something I'm doing, and it's been working out really well. And I want you guys, because again, I'm I'm not too far from where you guys are. Like I'm I'm five, six, seven years post where some of you guys are getting ready to graduate. So um, you know, it's a, it's a situation where I've acted, I'm actively doing it, and I'm seeing the dividends of it. You can go first again. <laughs> I, I like it when you go first. You you give better advice than I do. Of course, because you get all my ideas. <laughs> That's it. I get the I get the jump off for you. Okay, so um, I think the best advice, and I could be a little biased because that's how I did it. No, nah, do it. Be biased. <laughs> but it, hey, it worked for me, you know, and it was something. Soak it all in, you know, whatever opportunity comes your way in any um, area of HR, take it. Um, I started in, like I said, uh, screening applications and going through that hiring process. Um, when I moved here to San Antonio, I was, I had the opportunity to get certified as an FMLA administrator and ADA administrator. It wasn't really what I was looking for, but the opportunity came up. I was like, yep, I'll do it. So I went to a three-day training, right? Um, I was one of my supervisors, former supervisors. She was the compensation manager. I don't do numbers. That's why I didn't go into payroll. But it's good experience to have, right? Uh, that compensation experience. Um, I did. I fell into payroll because of um, of a human resources management system that the A and M system overall implemented two years ago, and some of those <laughs> responsibilities kind of fell into my lap. So I learned some of the payroll uh, practices as well. So I say my recommendation is soak it all in. You know, whatever comes your way, I've done some investigations too. 
that was an accident just because <laughs> someone wasn't there and they told me to do it. Sure, I had already read a book and I had, so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go in there. So those are things that you just, you know, it's not, it's the opportunities that you're faced with and those decisions you make that can help you in the future. So right now I have, of course, my area of expertise because no one ever is an expert. I don't think so because uh, things are always changing. Uh, you're always learning. But I have knowledge of all of these areas in HR. And now that I know all of these areas in HR, I can say, okay, that's exactly what I want to do. But I have the experience. If something happens, it's on my resume. Um, always keep learning. Always keep, uh, keep up with the trends. Um, get certified. I mean, I was in HR for 10 years and I just recently got certified. So it's always about learning, learning the HR profession. I'm okay. gonna, I'm gonna piggyback. I'm gonna piggyback <laughs> off of everything you just said. Um, I wrote down learning, remain dangerous, and mental models. So I'll go into remaining dangerous because you're probably like, what is that? Um, it's kind of what you just said. There are so many different pieces of HR. I believe, like she just, I believe you should tap into every single aspect of HR just to remain dangerous enough to have a conversation, to remain competent to uh, not have someone look at you like you're crazy if they ask you to uh, you know, act on a function that maybe is not your traditional function that you would do, right? But then like I gave you guys the tip about before, um, I would also, again, whether it's – if you guys are, 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 are courageous enough and, and, and ballsy enough, I would say start a brand at a, on a, at a side hustle level, volunteer, shadow someone, try to get a little bit of understanding of all the different pieces of the brand, if you're working for a brand and you have a really cool CEO, see if he or she will allow you to walk into other different departments and shadow for a few different times. Um, understand every single piece of the brand and then understand every single piece of the HR um, of the HR function enough to be, uh, enough to be dangerous. Meaning, if you're at a if you're at a happy hour or if you're in a strategy meeting. You're not going to look crazy if someone starts bringing up certain topics. You, you have enough competence to be able to talk, you know, talk that lingo um, because uh, it's going to it's going to gain the respect for you. Right. And then, like she said as well, continue learning, guys. Um, I would say the best way to learn for me personally, um, I, I have a podcast. And the reason why I have a podcast is I am interviewing people that are much more competent than me in other areas that I'm personally not too interested and too passionate about as it pertains to HR. So that's an easy way for me to learn. I have an hour worth of content there. I plug that thing in as I'm driving, working out the gym. I learn the best way that way, right? And then obviously there are tons of other podcasts and content out there for you guys. Um, and then a mental model. So this is a little bit different as well. Um, I, I, got, I, got, I got taught this by a mentor years ago. He told me know or have a certain understanding of who you want to be in the industry and what you want to do um, and, and have your own unique approach to, again, whether it's business or HR or whatever it's going to be in your career, find someone that is, I don't know, you had that gut feeling of, wow, what they're doing, the way they're talking, the way they're communicating, the projects they're working on, that's super interesting and start to just dive headfirst into everything that person may have 
out as far as content wise or about that particular type of job title and just soak it up, right? Create a mental model, right? Because that's going to give you kind of a, um, a roadmap to follow. Now, obviously you can, you know, veer off and do different things, but I think it's, I think it's a benefit to kind of have, have some strategy and have a vision of where you want to go, uh, and kind of, and kind of hold tight to that, right? For me, I, I'm, I'm standing firm with my, my takes, um, that are a little bit out of the box because I think eventually they're going to come into fruition. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it's really important to kind of, kind of have a, a good understanding of where you want to go, but also remain dangerous in all the different areas. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what podcast do I listen to? Oh, I have both. Yeah, so I listen to it, and then I also I started a podcast literally just for that reason. Um, so my I'll give a little plug, right? Um, so so my podcast, and I think that's may have how I think that's possibly how me and Wendy got connected. Um, I don't know somehow, some way. I don't know. I have to go back and look. But uh, so my podcast is called E One B Two Employees First, Business Second. Um, the title is pretty self explanatory. And then, um, and that's obviously interviewing a lot of HR leaders. But then there's a lot of other great um, HR podcasts out there. I don't want to give you any particular one because they're all different. I would literally just type in HR into like the podcast link, uh, the podcast app, and then anything you see, I would listen to. Like literally any podcast you see. Uh, there's a l- amazing leaders out there and just soak up as much as you can get. But I do know that Sherm has an amazing podcast uh, on Apple Podcasts as well in the HR space. Yeah. Um, out there, uh, well, I think that wraps it up for today. Do you guys have any other things, uh, anything that you guys would like to know that you guys want to cover about? Anything you guys have pretty good content there? <laughs> what do you, you think? You think that's enough? We all, we're all good? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I have a question for you guys. Or should I go first? <laughs> I actually had a question for them, actually. Okay, go ahead. Is, is everybody is everybody planning on going into HR? Like, is that uh, is that the plan for literally every human being here? Yes. Is there anyone that's not? <laughs> okay. Do you want to talk about real quick what you've done? Oh, for me? Um, well, I thought I was going to like healthcare management eventually after college, but I kind of wanted to get um, a few over the resource side of it. Very cool. What was that? The airline system? Yes. Very cool. That's 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 interesting. Okay. Yeah, that was really the only question I had. I was just making sure that um the majority of the people kind of wanted to, uh, because I get a lot of the advice I gave was would be super practical very soon here. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. I'll 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 excuse myself. Thanks, though. Bye. Bye.
Thanks a lot.